Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Well, I'm relieved to to hear your intro again. I was I was left just flapping in the wind. I got to tell you, I think everyone's relieved. Don't get me wrong. Uh, what I heard of that episode was was fine. Uh, thanks to Jason for for subbing. Thanks to Sean for being on the show. Uh-huh. Uh, but that intro, I was just like, you can come up with something, right? And uh, it was just three guys just being like, well, um, uh, "Hang on, what's the?" Well, the, the intro, intro. I did, I did my intro for my other podcast. Okay, yeah. All right. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to. Indeed. Yeah. But then, it, did you get flummoxed? Well, because I had to stop because I'm so used to saying howdy, everybody, and welcome to previously on the podcast that takes yeah. a look back at the last seven days in television, both on and off the screen. My name's David. Indeed. Like that, have that. As I'm sure you have your thing down. Yeah. So when I said howdy, everybody, and welcome to. Battleship Pretension. Like I had to force yeah. myself to not say previously on, on the on the most recent uh, more than one lesson because that one is just it's just hello I'm Tyler Smith and this is more than one lesson episode and then I never know which one I don't know why I say the episode because I never know which one it is but um but the what are you laughing at me for that's very funny to me that you say it every week but oh yeah because I haven't listened to the show enough to really catch it but I imagine you're going hi this is Tyler Smith this is more than one lesson episode um. Give me a second. <laughs> no, no, no. Are <laughs> you like ruffling through pe- papers or something? It almost always winds up being episode 28. <laughs> I think so. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. And then I move on. And it turns out I'm always right, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, but there is. Uh, so the the intro is not necessarily like this. De- this uh, Like you've got a, almost like a slogan in, in, in your intro. Mm-hmm. And then mine, of course, is, for this show is big and bombastic and all that. Uh-huh. Um so more than one lesson, it's it's fairly muted and no nothing really memorable. Um, but I had a, a friend on the show the other day, and uh, I just went into. I, I'm sure I've I've mentioned this on this show before that I just I go hello. Oh wait, hang on, I need to go back. <laughs> and so, and he he's like, you know, we could have just gone from there. I'm like, I don't think uh, I don't think so. So, um, but uh, but yes, I uh, I am back. I'm not sure if. Uh, if you mentioned I, I didn't get deep enough into the hour and forty five minute episode, um, <laughs> the uh, did you mention why I was gone? I don't think so. I okay, think, I don't think we went into detail. I okay. didn't know if you wanted. No, it was, it was a romantic getaway. I didn't know if you wanted. Well, to I mean, it was celebrating my anniversary, my five year anniversary, right? And so uh, it was a romantic getaway, yes, but it was also in celebration of an achievement that uh, I'm shocked and uh, appalled that I've that I have achieved. <laughs> because appalled. yeah, I never expected this to, this thing to work out. <laughs> I mean, we all went in with with eyes wide open at my wedding, where it's just like, okay, well, she's going to get tired of this. <laughs> and then I even one, you know, the, all those Riddler figures, uh, I I collected them almost as a test. <laughs> she stuck with it, and uh, yeah, so this so we're at five years, and so we're in the the outer banks of uh, North Carolina. And it was uh, delightful. It's crazy. You've been married for five years, and you're still like you're really like my only married friend. Really. Yeah. Huh. Sounds like uh, your friend's got to really, you know, embrace adulthood, I think. <laughs> maybe. Maybe so, I should. Or any kind of commitment. Um, oh, did we have anything else to say about no, that? No, you, okay. you, you're, you're a romantic getaway. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not going to go into a great deal of, uh, of detail about it. I will say that I rode in a biplane. Wow. Yes. A, that doesn't uh, sound like you. Man, it really doesn't, does it? <laughs> no. And it really wasn't right up until the moment I was uh, flying in one. Uh, I wasn't flying it. I was flying in it. Uh-huh. Uh, Red Baron style. They they have like those leather hats with the goggles. 
Uh, we didn't. Jen and I did not wear the goggles. Why not? Because uh, we had we had sunglasses on, and the goggles didn't were not tinted, and it was yeah. bright and sunny. Um, it was one of those things where you're in the front, and the guy who's flying the plane is yeah. in the back. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. That's crazy. And it seems unnecessary to me. <laughs> um, but uh, but it wound up. So yeah, it was a twenty minute thing where you just go around the outer banks and you see like uh, we saw shipwrecks. Uh, which really just amounted to like, hey, there's a see that dark shape in the water? Mm-hmm. That's a shipwreck. And it's like, okay, I I guess that's that's right. Hang on a second. You've got water boiling on the stove. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know what that was. Uh, and it's uh, I'm gonna turn it off. Hang on. Okay. All right, David Vamp. <laughs> I thought we were just gonna break for a second. No. So uh, Tyler uh, saw some shipwrecks. Um, <laughs> and then he and his wife. I don't know if vamping is just <laughs> saying what I said. I was um, gonna make up some activities. You, oh, okay. You did. We fought a giant squid. <laughs> um, no, uh, but one of the things that we did, and I mentioned this uh, in the Fatum episode a couple weeks ago, is uh, we went to a, a theater that was about seventy-five years old called the the Pioneer Theater. Uh, it's in Manteo, North Carolina. And uh, it was it was there. Uh, well, it's been there seventy five years. So uh, it was there when we were. It's been in continuous Mantua. operation for continuous years. operation. Um, wow. I think it's been under new management for the last twenty years or so. But uh, but like I think one family owns it and operates it. Very small staff. Oh jeez, people think that I live in the worst neighborhood. No, no just, one can hear that. Just because you hear screams um, <laughs> and sirens. But uh, so I wanted to go to the theater five years ago. Uh, but they were showing Madagascar, and I wasn't interested. Uh, this this time, they were showing Robin Hood, which I, again, wasn't interested, uh, but I could at least justify going. And so I went, and uh, here's what's fascinating. There was a sign that the theater itself, it was, it was, it was uh, a lot of fun, and they, show, they, only, they don't show rated R movies, so it, it is a, kind of a family affair. Mm-hmm. And in the theater itself, it was, it was fascinating. It was a Tuesday night, and... Literally, it was everyone age eight to eighty. It was like a big deal to go out uh-huh. to the, mo- the moving pictures, and uh, and see uh, Robin Hood. Um, well, but, but what was the? I mean, there was a newsreel, right? And then uh, there was oh, a, sh- a short beforehand. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we saw the Marx Brothers. Um, they were <laughs> there at the sh- at the show. Um, but uh, but what fascinated me, and this is one of those things where every once in a while in life you run across something that. Uh, just completely flabbergast you as a person. There was a sign right outside the theater itself that said, "It's a you know no cell phones and, and that's fine." But then it said, uh, "Please whisper if you have to talk." And I remember just being like, "What? What? <laughs> what? what? It's just like, how about this? No talking. <laughs> yeah. That's an option. Like it just it, it. I don't know. It just fascinated me as a as a film goer that." Hey, cell phones, those are disruptive. But hey, who can stay quiet for two straight hours? <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got to say something. You're going to you're gonna, you'd go uh, insane otherwise. And so uh, to just uh, if you're hey, if you have to talk. Just whisper. And, uh, and I feel like, oh, that's such that's such an enabling attitude. <laughs> you know, have you ever um, actually like told anyone to turn their turn their phone off? Have I? Um no, I did. Okay, uh, an old friend of mine uh, who's since passed away, his name's Willie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a very large man, very imposing. He and I went and saw Cold Mountain because Bad Santa was at the time sold out. And we were sitting, 
in kind of the front row. And this guy behind us, uh, his phone went off, and he answered it. Uh, and he was saying, and he was trying to whisper, but still being loud. And he goes, uh, he goes, hey, hey. He goes, no, I'm in, I'm in a movie. I'm in a movie. I can't talk right now. No, we're going to dinner afterwards. No, we're going to this. And starts giving somebody directions about how to get. So the conversation is, is going for a while. Uh-huh. And, um, and so uh, Willie got tired of this. And again, this is something I couldn't do because I'm uh-huh. not a physically imposing person uh-huh. as Willie was. Uh, and Willie, he goes, he goes, hey, dude. Because that's, that's the type of person Willie was. <laughs> he goes, hey, dude. Uh, why don't you get off the fucking phone before I shove up your fucking ass? <laughs> and the guy's like, I gotta go. <laughs> so, so he hung up, and it was. Uh, I'm sorry for the for the profanity there, but it was just it loses something if you don't say it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I myself, no, I've never actually asked somebody to silence their phone. I, I've done it once. It wasn't silent. It was the guy wasn't answering the phone. He was. He was just on his iPhone. Mm-hmm. So it was a bright light, and it was he was yeah, yeah. the row in front of me. And this was during the Hurt Locker last year. I was there alone. It was like an 11.30 p.m. screening on a Tuesday night. And there mm. were only about eight people in the theater. Um, and uh, the guy wouldn't, like, stop playing with his phone. Like, I don't know, yeah. checking emails or whatever. So even though he was, like, like right in front of me, I, I got up and walked around and walked right up to him. And he didn't see me coming because his head was buried in his phone. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, he couldn't see anything. But just that bright light in his eyes. Uh, I put my, my left hand on the back of his chair. Mm-hmm. And leaned in, and I yeah. was like, hey, can you keep that off? And he went, what? <laughs> and I said, can you keep it off? Yeah. And he said, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. It was the greatest feeling in the world. Fascinating. It was, it was, uh, it was an adrenaline rush. Just walking, walking up to him, I felt like uh, I felt all the blood rushing to the surface. It was great. We, you know, that's the thing. We, we live in a big city, and this is where I get kind of concerned about living in a large city. You never know who's packing or who's right on the brink mm-hmm. and you're you're asking them to just be a polite part of society uh could it, it could be the thing that sends them over and uh and then i and then if i got shot and i was dying i i wouldn't be i'd be i'd be upset that i was dying but more specifically it's like you're so not self-aware that like i'm correcting you this is part of society <laughs> and you have the audacity to shoot me come on man like it's it's like when somebody it's like when you give somebody a polite honk because they're like gonna run into you at, in traffic and they give you this look like fuck you man uh, it's that's like, just defensive I guess so it's because I've given it. that look and then immediately been like no I was wrong I wasn't paying attention okay all right it's just a knee jerk reaction yeah. to what you're saying so and if they had a gun then they would ju- they would have that if I had a gun reaction. I would have opened fire and then immediately been like oh no I, I should have done right. that yeah absolutely. <laughs> That stands up in court, right? Yeah. That's, that's, hey, you know what? That was my that was my bad. I'm sorry. Um, I'm gonna go shut this window because the people yelling are distracting me. I know that the, I can't even hear it. I know. The, I'm sorry. I have. Uh, bat-like I've got ADD. Ears. I've got like I, I. You know. I'm like. Uh, it's all sonar with me. So uh, I'm gonna do that, and we can cut this out if you want. Sure. All right. Or I could just talk about. I don't have anything. Nope. Oh, my dad answered the phone during uh, Toy Story 2, I think. And it was like a... It was like a, it was like a brick of a cell phone. It was one of those, like, gray, like... Uh, it looked almost like an overgrown Lego piece. 
Wait, what? This the, my, my dad's cell phone that he had in okay. the mid-90s. Yeah. And uh, my mom called him when he was in the theater. I don't know. It was some kid's movie. Yeah. Um, and and he answered it, and he was talking, and then my mom was like, are you in the movie theater right now? And she was like, yeah. She was like, get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> were you with him in the movie yeah. theater? Were you, like, poking him? Cause I was, like, at the other end of the row. I think we were just... I come from a large family. Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, I have like three members of, my, of a, uh, you know, my family has like like three members, and we don't really talk. So, all right. But uh, moving uh, on. Let's Sorry, get into it, Joe. Yeah. You know, I'm a little rusty. I've been uh, I haven't talked to anybody except Jen for like a week, and uh, you know, we don't really say much. <laughs> That's not true. We we have a very good relationship. You don't have a lot in common. What was that? No, not really. <laughs> except that we have the same cat. So we talk about the cat a lot. Um, <laughs> sorry, everybody. You also have the same last name. That's a, that's a coincidence. This, I know, man. What a! It was almost meant to be. That's the way I look at it. Um, it was very convenient. That's not true. She didn't have the last name Smith. She does now because we're married. I didn't want anyone to get the wrong idea. And because she chose to change her name. Yes. Wait. That's not, not a law. No. No. Uh, wait. <laughs> Oh, you! Oh, okay. And I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Her name, you, her name is Smith now because we're married. Well, it's not. It's not a law. You kind of have. You have, to, you have another step of explanation to go there because we got married and she decided to change her name. That's true, but she did not change it to Jones. She <laughs> changed it to Smith because we are married. It was a function of us being married. Okay. So, but it wasn't. Yes, it wasn't mandatory uh, yeah. by the the, the government. Right. Yet, am I right? <laughs> I don't think we're going that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Bill died in committee. Oh my gosh! Okay, um, I'm sorry, everybody. That's all I can say. But you guys, but you guys get along, you and you and Jenny. Yes, we do. And you spend a lot of time together. Yes. Kind of like buddies. Yes. We're talking about buddy movies. You the, and I are buddies too, David. <laughs> I I, 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 did, like, I couldn't I'm, find the way in. Oh, okay. I've got like uh, I've got like all male buddy movies here. Is that uh, what you've got? Yeah, I was just finding okay. a way. That was what we did because with with Jackie Cation, we talked about female buddy movies, right? And we, th- you know, we're equal opportunity here. Oh, absolutely! You know, absolutely. The, the 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 men of this world will not sit idly by in silence. Yeah, the silent majority of exactly. men, right? Yeah, will be heard. Indeed, today, uh, finally, today in, at long last, in the form of me talking about twins. <laughs> 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 All right. So, um, yeah, with with Jackie Cation, we did. Uh, we were intending to talk about buddy movies in general, uh, and then uh, you know we're going to briefly discuss the subset of female buddy movies, uh, and then that turned out to be the whole episode. I'm yeah. fi- I, I was fine with that. It was fine. Um, and uh, but and I, I was fine with it for several reasons not the least of which it meant oh all right so that means we haven't exhausted this topic and we can return to it quite easily yeah. and so that's uh, that's where we are uh this week so we're talking about buddy movies and i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure uh all the points that i made last uh, when when jackie was on but one thing that fascinates me about the genre because i love the genre um because it's one of the only genres Excuse me. That can work within other genres. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got buddy comedies, buddy dramas, buddy cop movies. The guys can be older. They can be younger. They can. It can be a western. It can be. Eh, I guess you don't run across it very much in sci-fi, but you can. You know, you can see it in horror movies. The idea of like the buddy movie or the buddy genre it, it transcends uh, 
all other genres. It's it's something that, I mean, I don't know. It it can be a subgenre of other genres. Well, everybody's got friends. Absolutely, cowboys, Absolutely. aliens, yeah. cops. Yeah. Um, Old men, surfers, surf. Uh, oh yes, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> cop surfers, maybe cop surfers. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about Point Break. Okay, uh, which is uh, not only is it a buddy movie, it's a movie. It's a movie really about male friendship, mm. uh, with the insight that only a female filmmaker could bring to it. Yeah, actually, um, Catherine Bigelow, of course, uh, directed Point Break, and it's it's one of the best movies, in my opinion, about male friendship. Mm. I know that a lot of the dialogue is 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 cheesy. Yeah, you know, um, but uh, I, I just, I'm sick of having to defend this movie. It's it's a great movie. Okay, it's an awesome movie, uh, but it's about the sort of uh the almost um duality of male friendship which is loyalty and competition mm-hmm. existing alongside one another yeah uh that you know that's that's what lends the dramatic tension to uh, to scenes yeah. in point break is that you know these two uh Reeves and and uh and Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. respect each other but you also know that they want to they want to best each other both in terms of their jobs, one being an outlaw, one being a cop, mm-hmm. but also just in terms of uh you know uh who's got the biggest balls as it were yeah who's know? the most manly yeah. yeah yeah, and who uh who deserves to be with Lori Petty <laughs> you know <laughs> uh that that question has taken on a different connotation these days um <laughs> like patrick swayze says you know i couldn't i couldn't do that to her she was my woman we made time together <laughs> very few actors could sell that line and he does he really does That's the thing uh, i i hate to be one of these like uh like a revisionist guy who like after uh an actor has passed you just start saying nice things about him no matter what right um, I never had anything bad to say about Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe when I was younger and I thought it was cool to bag on him just because he was in some yeah. cheesy movies. But really, from the moment I saw Donnie Darko, oh yeah, uh, and then in, in revisiting movies like Point Break, uh, I, I realized that he was he was a good actor. And, he, yeah. And and he was not uh, for for uh, for as much as he played like. Uh, uh, you know, billowing maned pretty boys. Yeah. He was not a vain actor. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I, he was, or, or not a self-conscious actor is maybe the best way to right. say it. You know, yeah. to, the fact that he could throw himself into a role like Bodie mm-hmm. in, in point break and, and really say all those cheesy Bodie things with, with ult- the ultimate conviction that yeah. makes you buy it. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause the thing is Gary Busey and Keanu Reeves also have some really bad lines in mm-hmm. that movie. And their bad lines seem worse because yeah. they're not the actors that Patrick Swayze is. Yeah, it's his performance in that, and I'm sorry that we veered off topic already, but his performance in that, the the, the cheesy lines, they seem like a function of the character. Like, he's just saying cheesy stuff, uh-huh. much like somebody like him in life would. Yeah. And so it seems completely organic uh-huh. uh, when he says it. Whereas when Keanu Reeves has to deliver a bad line, it's like, well, yeah. and sometimes, often we ask, when he has to deliver good lines, it's like, I don't believe this. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel bad for Keanu Reeves is is a guy that uh, that like 
it's okay to kind of rag on and mm-hmm. I'd say for good reason for the most part. Every once in a while, the role is uh, just right for him. The thing is, he's one of those guys, he, uh, according to all sources, he's a really good guy. I've heard that. And that really, it's like you hear uh, stories about how uh, Dan Whitney, or Larry the Cable Guy, yeah. as he's known, yeah. is just the, like the nicest man in, in comedy. Yeah. Comedy in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it sucks. You want the people that you hate to be hateable, but more often, yeah. it's the people you respect who have talent who are pricks about it yeah i'd say that's that's about right i love orson wells kind of an insufferable human being as far <laughs> as i've heard um but uh speaking of keanu reeves we can we can uh actually i don't want to well, move actually, i don't well, want to move on from point, point break. break go on uh i wanted to move into another movie that comments uh, it's it's a satire a funny movie it comments on the buddy movie relationship and that's hot fuzz hot fuzz yes um which i mean the scene in which uh um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are sitting there and just before they, they're on the couch and before yeah. they decide to watch uh, Point Break. Yeah. Um, it almost sounds like they're talking about having sex with each other. And that's the joke. Okay, yeah. Is that they're getting intimate mm-hmm. and it turns out the culmination of their intimacy is watching Point Break. Yes, yes. Uh, and Bad Boys too. Yeah. Um, and that's... Uh, that's just such a great uh, comment on um, on you know it, 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 I'm just trying to figure out how to say this uh, because we live in such a heterocentric and sometimes homophobic society. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the relationship between male friends on film is sometimes so blatantly heterosexual mm-hmm. that it almost protests too much a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you know and there's a lot of uh there, there's, there's a lot of scenes in movies um and i'm sure we'll get to them later where men are trying to express friendship for one another but it's at a distance and this is not necessarily something that's wrong with the movie it's just so it's the way it actually would be mm. uh they're keeping themselves at such a distance that it seems like it's adding tension there that isn't there, like they're like they're gonna kiss or something. Let me ask you a question along uh-huh. along uh, those lines. Uh, this is this is a discussion I've had with with friends, and I've been told that I'm wrong frequently, um, and I might have even had it with you. Uh, there's a term, and you probably know where I'm gonna go uh, with this immediately. Where and it's kind of a modern term where mm-hmm. any any movie that has two guys who are friends, uh-huh. there's no nece- there there's no like. Uh, homoerotic uh, undertones to their friendship. Mm-hmm. It literally is just two guys that are friends, and their friendship is such that they enjoy doing stuff together, but they also can be like they talk about their feelings sometimes, or at least you know, over, usually over the, the arc of the of the film is that they uh, their friendship grows and deepens, and all of a sudden it's it has moved beyond the the superficial things that they had in common in the first place. And uh, the term that has been applied to that is bromance. Uh-huh. Um, now, I was bothered by that term um, because, and while people have said, like, basically I've said that, well, by calling it bromance, it's basically implying that anytime two men get to know each other in, an, in a, like, 
in an intimate way, and of course I don't mean sexual, intimate. emotionally intimate, vulnerable, and just get just our good friends uh, that there might be like a, a homosexual element to it, even if the movie does not contain it at all. And and the, and people said, no, no, it's just the name of this sh- of this subgenre. It doesn't mean that. It's like, but the very fact of saying bro romance, uh-huh. like that's that's the connotation. And I feel like it, it could actually have, I would venture to say, an almost negative impact on maybe a male audience member who goes in and watches, and it's like, it's like, oh, th- let's see this bromance, and then maybe they. F- feel like, oh, well, I'm not gay, so I'm not going to have any kind of male friendship like that at all. Now, of course, I might be overthinking it. No, but I think there is a certain... It it delegitimizes it, mm-hmm. if that's a word I can make up, um, <laughs> in the minds of those kinds of, of men, because the way that homophobic men... Uh, or, or Yeah, deal, deal with it is by laughing at it. It's why... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always a joke to have the uh, captain of the football team at the pep rally dress up and put on a dress before the game. Yeah, you yeah. know, like uh, it, it's 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 just walking right up to that line, but not actually confronting it because you're always laughing at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's. So I, I think that is. I, I think the term just probably came about because it, someone said, "Oh, you know, it works. It's a little." Yeah, uh, yeah. Is it like a portmanteau? What is that? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what... Uh, some, yeah. ca- some kind of pun type thing. Okay, yes. Uh, something like that. A mashup. That's that's <laughs> what it's been called these days. Um, um, go on. Yeah, I'm sure that's it just came because if someone realized they could put those two words together. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I, I do think that... Um, th- that it doesn't... It, it doesn't help to make it a make it something to laugh at uh, to put yeah. such a dismissive name on i mean it, it almost it's it's almost like the term chick flick you know where there's nothing inherently wrong with that subgenre. i don't have a problem with movies that are labeled bromances but it's just the label where it's just like wow that's that's kind of reductive and one could venture to say if i'm gonna get kind of lofty about it uh it's it's reductive and it's reductive and destructive Mm-hmm. I, you know, to quote Jesse Jackson at some point, I'm sure. Um, but it's uh, but the but the genre itself is a lot of fun. I really enjoy movies because uh, movies like uh, I Love You, Man, mm-hmm. and Role Models, and a lot of super bad, super bad, like a lot of Judd Apatow uh, kind of things where it deals with male friendship and what that means, and it understands the dramatic aspect of it as well as the comedic. Um, you know, and and invariably, the movies—not uh, n- invariably, there are plenty of variables—but um, uh, the movies—they always seem like they're not going to be that good. I had no interest in seeing "I Love You, Man." Role models didn't look that good to me. And then you—I was them. excited about role models, okay, mostly because of David Wayne directing, right, for a while, and, and it ended up being my favorite comedy of 2008. Yeah, it's it's great, and "I Love You, Man" is really wonderful, and it and it kind of faces head on the idea of, you know, if you are a guy with no friends and you go looking for friends, how it, it you kind of are taking a dating mentality in doing so. And so it kind of finds humor in that, but also kind of the, the, it, it asks like what defines manliness? Like do men define it in each other? Like if you're a man who 
only if you're a straight man who only hangs out with women, you know, like what will you start to reflect predominantly, you know, stereotypically feminine traits. And Mm -hmm. so like it, I don't know, it explores that and it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a film that, that while also very funny, uh, I don't know, it explores some issues that, that those films, uh, usually stay away from, not because they're afraid to, but they just don't, doesn't occur to them to, to kind of delve into that territory. Have you seen it? I didn't see it. It's a lot of fun. It's good stuff. I did see Superbad, which I'm going to talk about right right now. Um, because that's, I mean, high school boys are the worst about, mm. like, you know, calling each other, like, I don't know, gay slurs yeah. or, or, or or whatever. And Superbad has a really uh, touching and emotionally meaningful relationship between two high school boys that doesn't, it doesn't veer into that. For all, like, the right. more, there are some ch- there's some childish stuff that happens in Superbad. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, that's not, like... The, there's you know there's of course the scene that was in the trailer where they're like drunk and going to sleep next to each other yeah. you know and it's yeah. like boop like, yeah uh, after they they declare their love for each other <laughs> yeah that's a great touching scene and it never uh they never the, the filmmaker filmmakers and, and and the writers never took the cheap way out by making it a yeah. gay joke it's actually right. a really touching scene and it's funny yeah because they're drunk yeah uh, but it doesn't make fun of them for saying they love each other. Right. No, not at all. And and the fact that it comes after, uh, you know, a few minutes after they've had a huge fight mm-hmm. uh, in which all the feelings that they've stored up, because, of course, they are high school boys, and that's what we did uh, <laughs> with our emotions, um, positive or negative, really. Um, and so all of this just comes surging out, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, well, I didn't know you thought that, you know, and, and both, both parties are, are, are guilty. And so all that comes out and it's almost as if them saying that they love each other and actually coming to, to terms with how deep and meaningful their friendship is. It's like that couldn't have happened if that, if the emotional dam had not burst, albeit first in a negative accusatory way and then moving into, uh, an actual positive way. Um, yeah, super bad is, is, it, it's fascinating. I, I talked about it uh, on more than one lesson. I devoted an episode to it because, um, in in like the, I knew plenty of people who in in the Christian community who all they all they saw or heard in that movie was lots of swear words and, as you mentioned, like gay slurs. I mean, it's not, you know, I, I, I'm I'm pr- being a fan of comedy. You get kind of seasoned to certain uh-huh. phrases. You watch that movie, you're like, man, this is. Not since the aristocrats uh, have I heard something so horrific as some of this language, but um, <laughs> not to mention the pages and pages of drawings of dicks <laughs> at the end. Oh, which uh, after a while it's just admirable. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, and so it's it has a great super bad is a, is a film that I I highly recommend if you're in high school, uh, and 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 a guy I would say. Like mm-hmm. if you if you're in high school, go go and see it because I feel like as Ro- as, as Roger Ebert has mentioned with movies like Mean Creek, it's a film that I think it has a great deal of appeal to a high school audience, but also it can do the most good to a high school audience. Uh, well, we've been talking about the way that uh, the way that um, on screen buddy relationships are real what they have to say let's mm-hmm. talk about the actual uh the non-real the cliches the tropes of them okay uh 
basically, I want I want to talk about this idea that there, it, it the the Sony movies where they find two guys who are opposites, and it's right. it's like a romantic comedy in that way. Yeah, in that they hate each other at first, and then they love each other. Yeah. Um, the number one example, and probably if I had to make a list of top five. You know, in 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 the in film spotting style, if I had to make a list list of top five buddy movies of all time, mm-hmm. Forty Eight Hours would be on there. Okay, yeah, and that's a great example of two guys who really, really don't get along at the yeah. beginning, and, and could not be more opposite in pretty much every way. Yeah, I mean, it's cop and criminal, mm-hmm. uh, white guy and black guy. Uh, white guy is racist. Yeah, <laughs> this is black guy I, is is black. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, this is something that I've said on this show before, like. You, I don't think you get away with it. It's, it's something has changed in in like the way movies are made because Nick Nolte is genuinely fucking racist. Mm. Like he says awful shit. Well, it's you know if you watch if, actually if you watch I mentioned the Aristocrats. Uh, if you watch the commentary with the Aristocrats, uh, Penn Jillette has an interesting thing to say that like fifty years ago, or not, not maybe even like thirty years ago, you could make like. You can have a racial character, a racist character who is, you don't, it doesn't approve of his racism, but it's part of who he is, and he's still kind of a positive character. You can have that, and it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but there are certain uh, Archie things. Archie Bunker. Yeah. Or, but like, I mean, even could, like Don Rickles' act is. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Th- yeah. That was, it was okay. Yeah. But like, you could not talk about anything like sexual or, or crass or anything like mm-hmm. that. And these days, you can say almost anything uh, uh, sexual and. Uh, but you you can't touch the the race thing at all, and fair enough. I'm I guess I'm okay with that. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. Did you read um, the book Charlie Wilson's War? No, I didn't. I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Because the uh, the character um, that Philip Seymour Hoffman plays, Gust Avracados. Gust Avracados. Uh, they talk about him like how he came from this sort of like working class thing where he separated everybody by race. He, it, <laughs> Because everyone was ghettoized to where he grew up, mm-hmm. and so he referred to black people by the N word. He referred to the Italians as the Dagos or whatever. Oh, okay. But they also all worked together. The factory. It wasn't like hmm. uh, the way that that it's described in the book. And I don't know how close this is to truth. I just found it fascinating in the book. Is that it's essentially like they just played for different teams. Like, <laughs> well, it's, they all yeah got along more or less but their loyalty was to their team yeah. and and you you were that first well it's kind of like uh which is not like something I, I don't want to sound like i'm saying this is <laughs> the way it should be <laughs> yeah these are <laughs> like the halcyon days i'm fine with the way things are do you have any well, tracks to hand out david things are doing better now but i just mm-hmm. find this i just find that whole thing fascinating yeah i mean it's kind of that actually kind of reminds me of like oz and the distinctions <laughs> in, in Oz. Yeah. but um but yeah also uh, not exactly a utopia not yet, um, but what does uh, that mean? Huh? What does that well, mean? it's uh, you know, if, eh, never mind. Okay. I, I, I forget how you. I never remember how you say the governor's name. Zelko, is it Zelko? Zilko. Zilko. Evenek. Evenek. I guess. I think we had. S- yeah. We had a listener email this one. That's right. Yeah. Telling us how to pronounce it. Yeah. And like based on his description, I feel like I may be halfway there. Okay. Zilko. Zilko Evenek. Evenek. I gotta assume his agent really tried to get him to change that <laughs> several times, um, but uh, I want a movie with uh, Shiotel Ezio for and Jelko Ivanek. That's what I want. Um, but uh, 
Oh, but uh, it was it was going to be a joke about his involvement in the prison as a governor, but it has uh, it has passed. Okay. So, um, but actually, in bringing up Forty Eight Hours, one thing that's interesting about the Buddy movie is it's not, or one one aspect of of Buddy movies, one subgenre of that subgenre, is uh, it's not it's not merely opposites. It's not like two guys who are in the same group of friends, but they don't like each other. It's not. Just that. Sometimes that's the case, but it's not just that. It's off. Okay, like three ten to Yuma. Uh, one's a criminal. One is not a not necessarily a cop, but he's he's deputized. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you got. Uh, I've got three burials of Melchiades Estra. Like people who literally want to hurt each other, uh-huh. and are often on opposite sides of the law. Um, Midnight Run. Midnight Run is a good example. I mean, just, and it, it it's fascinating to me that uh, that they would. I don't know that that people saw, that filmmakers or, or artists saw the potential in the fact uh, it's it's explored also in Heat, but I wouldn't say that counts because the guys only spend one you know two scenes together. Mm-hmm. But um, the idea of oh well these guys they're opposites logistically, but they're actually also they're very similar you know mm-hmm. and if they if they're it's also like the defiant ones you know if you jam these people together against their will then they'll work they'll work through their issues even if their issues literally are this person is doing illegal things and this person's trying to stop them um and and that to me is one of the reasons why i love 310 to yuma so much mm-hmm. is that it really explores the complexity you know i remember a lot of people at the time said like why on earth would russell crowe sh- you know shoot his own men to protect christian bale when christian bale Spoilers. is trying to get him to- Came out three years ago. I'm sorry. Spoilers, everybody, for 310 to Yuma. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't even think of it on that <laughs> one. If I was talking about, uh, you know, Toy Story 3 or something, then I would have said spoilers. Sorry. Anyway. Um, but there are a lot of people who wondered why on earth would he do that. Um, and even I, in the moment, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Unless, of course, they just recognize that there's something kindred, the, the kind of a kindred spirit sort of thing where even though even though he's he's shooting his own guys defending the person that's going to take him to jail he feels more of a bond with this guy mm-hmm. than he ever did with his own men it's really a fascinating i don't know a fascinating uh portrait of male bonding and how it really transcends almost any uh superficial circumstance mm-hmm. um but uh so that that to me and and 48 hours is of course although i mean exactly how close are they at the end of that movie <laughs> They respect each other. They respect each other. I okay. think that's the important thing. And that's one thing that's used a lot in in buddy movies is this idea of two people from disparate camps mm-hmm. uh, learning to get along and respect each other, you yeah. know? Um, in 48 Hours, it's it's I think the race thing is first and foremost. Right. You know? I mean, if you look at a movie like Men in Black, mm. uh, which is also has a racial difference, but that's much more uh, about the age difference. No, oh, yeah. Is that, that's... Uh, that's to me the main thrust of the difference between the characters mm-hmm. um, is generational. Yeah, um, and it's about them finding common ground. Right. Generations learning to respect each other. You know, right. old people have something to offer. Young people aren't just uh, a bunch of fuck ups. Right. <laughs> you know, or 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 whatever yeah. they're supposed to be. Um, I think um, the odd couple has. Uh, mm. Is something that 
Um, I think when the odd couple starts uh, early on, you'd see you're supposed to see Oscar as being the the manly one. Yeah, yeah. And Felix as as being somewhat uh, feminized. Yeah, I mean, it's they they say husband and wife, and they talk about getting an annulment and all that uh-huh. kind of thing. So that's how the characters themselves view it. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think you come uh, uh, through uh, as that as that movie or play or whatever moves on. You come to uh, understand more about like you really see the the uh, the negatives of the way Oscar lives his life. Oh, and, and the positives of the way that Felix lives his. And yeah. uh, at the end of it, they're they're both men. Yeah, you know, and I think uh, the Odd Couple has something to say about uh, about manliness. Yeah, it's that, and, and most buddy movies do, uh, especially you know to talk about uh, you know movies of the last ten years or so, and certainly the Judd Apatow movies where they exp- they they talk. This is this is kind of a, a an easy phrase, but uh, they talk about the idea of of men go or males going from being guys to being men uh-huh. you know what i mean um and guys have a lot of fun you know uh-huh. uh, often at the expense of responsibility and relationships and commitment and all these other things that are just uh obligation no thank you you know what uh movie slash play i'm put in mind of here mm. is uh, a little play by william inge called bus stop bus stop hey um i remember that uh yeah it that's an inside reference, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, what? It, I can't remember the characters' names. The two cowboys. Yeah. Um, I can't remember them at all. But uh, you keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. But very much the 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 main cowboy, the dumb mm-hmm. rodeo one. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the play, he's in a very. F- well, we'll come to see his very facile way. He's the pinnacle of manliness, right? Because he's successful and talented and good-looking and strong, and women love him, and yeah. he does whatever he wants to do. Uh, and then we we come to see to see manliness as something else, and and see that the other guy, the quiet one, yeah, has more figured out because uh, what being a real man is about is has more to do with with uh personal responsibility and respect well yeah it's there's i can think of a better example okay an even better example of uh where both characters learn 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 this lesson is a little buddy movie called tremors tremors is great yeah absolutely Uh, because kevin bacon and fred ward they're you know they're they're cowboys they you know they're they're fun sort of uh living this almost like picaresque type of mm-hmm. lifestyle. They're just trying to get out of town, you know, because yeah. uh, there's nothing for them there. And then due to, you know, giant suckoids, uh, graboids, graboids please. Uh, underneath underneath the earth, uh, they're forced to take on some personal responsibility mm-hmm. and also to stay put. I think that's, that's another thing that I don't know that I agree with, but it is an idea in the American, the American ideal of manliness has to do, ha- has something to do with your place and your land. And, mm-hmm. uh, Americans care a lot about land. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I think that them not leaving perfection. Yeah. Uh, and, 
and being the saviors is them learning how to be real American men yeah. and not just the, uh, I don't know, beer commercial variety of American men. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, there, a lot of the humor of Tremors comes from a, another another subgenre of, of buddy movies um, that I wanted to briefly talk about. Um, there's, okay... Uh, a lot of the humor comes from the fact that these guys are already friends. Uh-huh. They clearly have decided, I get along with this person. There's like, you know, they'll kind of rib each other at times. But for the most part, they just enjoy each other's company and seem to be philosophically on board mm-hmm. uh, with each other. And it's watching these two guys who have a shorthand. They have a way of doing things. And they enjoy being with each other. Um, these guys dealing with a situation. Like watching that is where a lot of the humor comes from, and it's just gener- just a genuine pleasure to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch uh, you watch uh, Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon, and you see that it seems like they've been old friends, which which I would say is the same uh, of the characters in Ghostbusters uh-huh. um, and the characters in uh, Ocean's Eleven and The Wild Bunch and the new Sherlock Holmes. And there there's several others where... Um, the real like it's not the film the pleasure of the film is not about is not, it doesn't derive from what's happening mm-hmm. but how these people who have known each other and are friends with each other uh and have been long before the movie started how they deal with the circumstance the circumstance could be almost anything but watching their reaction to it is where the real pleasure comes in um i'm reminded of uh this is this is television this is hey I don't need to tell you um, that uh, that, <laughs> About the, television? that the office is on television. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's an episode where um, uh, John Krasinski, uh, Jim, and Dwight. Uh, I don't. I you don't watch The Office, do you? I've watched. I've seen all the first five seasons. Okay, all right. I didn't watch this last season. Okay, uh, I I don't remember. I think it's in the fifth season where. Jim and Dwight are basically going out to make a sale. Um, uh-huh. do you kn- and and basically, they both sit down at this one guy's desk, and Dwight asks, may I use your phone? And the guy says, yeah, sure. So he takes the phone, and as Jim is, is giving the, sh- the, the spiel about Dunder Mifflin, Dwight is on the phone saying, one, three. Two, he just you know, <laughs> agent. Like he he's saying all this, and you really think like, oh my gosh, Dwight is like totally sabotaging uh-huh. what they're doing. At which point, um, right when Dwight is getting to the end of his call, Jim is wrapping up his sales pitch, talking about being about uh, the the hands on technique of. Of Dunder Mifflin and how you'll actually get to talk to a person. At which point, Dwight holds up the phone, and and it's it says like an agent will be with you. Sure, it's a it's a recording uh-huh. of a rival company. Uh-huh. And basically, you realize that these guys are just completely in tune with each other. Yeah, and it's just such a pleasure to watch people who, and a lot of it comes from the actors that they convey that this is something they've done a million times before. They know how to do it. And even though those two characters don't like each other, they're on the same page when it comes to doing this and they're good at it. Much, much like, you know, Danny Ocean and Rusty in Ocean's Eleven 
and the care and well before we leave TV, there's another okay. great example of a show that has two male friendships that clearly have roots long before the show started, and that's mm-hmm. the West Wing. So okay, there's yeah. a relationship between uh, between Josh and Sam. Yeah. Uh, they're clearly friends from way back. And, and a great then, movie, by the way, Josh and Sam. <laughs> and the relationship between President Bartlett and Leo. Yeah. And that that one is probably even more touching. Yeah. Because you can see those guys go way back. Yeah. And every time John Spencer calls Jed Bartlett Mr. President yeah. or Sir, it means something. Because yeah. this is not just a guy who works for him. This is a guy who's known him... And you know, uh, um, you know, Leo was secretary of something or other. Yeah. What was he? I can't. I, I used to probably watched it more recently than I have. Yeah, I don't recall. But before he was the White House chief of staff, he had he was a member of the cabinet. Yeah. You know, he had arguably more power mm-hmm. than Bartlett ever did. Uh, but this respect both for both for Bartlett and for the office. Yeah. Of the president. Not the office starring Steve Carell, yes. um, <laughs> but not for long. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, it's it's really tight. It has a lot of weight. Yeah. Is what I'm. What, I'm sorry, you, you interrupted me with the. Or I interrupted myself really with the office yeah. thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I, I, I I rewatched the episode um, uh, in Excelsis Deo from the first season, which is the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. You know where um, the Korean War vet dies with uh, Richard Schiff's oh, yes. jacket. Yeah, you know. Um, and just the scene when they're Bartlett and Leo and Josh and remember when Moira Kelly was on the show? Uh, uh, I do. I don't think the makers did. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're all they snuck away to do some Christmas shopping at a rare bookstore. Yeah, you know. And um, I don't even want to give anything away. Just uh, uh, yeah. or really talk about it at length. Just the conversation between between Bartlett and Leo is such that it's about work, but it's about between two men who really know each other well and also the fact i mean what it really could come down to is now i don't think we're in any danger of this happening but imagine one of us became the president Uh and then all of a sudden one of us has to call the other one sir or mr you know and it's just your dumb friend (laughs) you know and so so it, you realize, oh, this is a choice that he's making and something he has to force himself to do. And, of course, every once in a while, he drops it and will say Jed. Uh-huh. And in yeah. that moment, of course, just it's electrifying because, like, oh, he means bit. Like, he's not uh-huh. talking to him in an official capacity now. He's talking to him as a friend. Yeah. You know, and it, and so those moments are really are really wonderful. Everything that I've said about Aaron Sork and all my criticisms of him, um, they still stand. But, man, like, he could really crack. Do they really still stand? Oh my yes, I, especially I since I much more enjoyed the seasons where he's not in charge of the West Wing. But than you the don't ones. get those speeches, huh? No, you got plenty of them, and in fact, you got. Uh, side note, everybody, um, what you had with Robert Ritchie uh, in season two or three? Three, three of the West Wing, and oh well, this this character this is, is played by James Brolin. Yeah, played very well by James mm-hmm. Brolin, but uh, basically this character who's clearly supposed to be uh, like George W. Bush, mm-hmm. um, but uh, just playing him as a complete idiot. You look at that, and then you look at the the brilliance of Arnold Vinick as played by Alan Alda in season six and seven, and it is night and day, and it's just. But- uh, but that's that, that's neither here nor there. Robert, but, but Richie is not supposed to be a stand-in for 
Republicans. Right. He's specifically George W. Bush. That's right. Specific, or maybe not specifically, but that that strain. Yes, and 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 if anything, a representative of certain tendencies in the modern Republican Party, which I would I would say he he is. In, in it, it would be unfair to say that that um, that Aaron Sorkin had no respect for. Uh, no, there's the Republican Party. There's plenty of great speeches in there from Republican characters. Think about the episode uh, 17 people when a- Ainsley Hayes uh, explains very well why she's uh, she's against the Equal Rights Amendment. Absolutely, In- yeah. Winning me over, by the way, like very making so. a very great argument. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing is that that aspect actually doesn't bother me. Uh, his treatment of, it. but what I'm saying is there's a lot of great things in the. This the part of the show that he wasn't involved in, and because the the makers decided, well, okay, we know what the show is, and he established it, and that's great. But they wanted to take it other places. It w- wouldn't it have to me? Wouldn't it have been fascinating to watch, you know, a presidential debate where Bartlett is going up against the Republican equivalent of Bartlett, which you come to realize is Vinnick uh-huh. as time has gone on. Like first off, just in general, as a fan of character actors, how much would I would you love to watch, you know, Martin, Martin Sheen, Sheen and, Alan and Alan Alda? It's so much. I should fun. watch those someday. You should. I have them. I'll, I'll lend them to you. Um, that's um, neither here nor there. Sorry, we should everybody. Really wrap up. Yeah. Actually, I've I've kind of gotten. I didn't really get to talk about twins, but I didn't really have anything to say about twins. Uh, <laughs> Why did you write it down? Uh, it, it was part of the example uh, that I was making earlier of opposites. Okay, you yeah. know, and that's very much so. Yeah, that's a very sort of visually metaphoric. Well, there is there is uh, yet another subgenre of buddy male buddy movies that I wanted to talk about. Um, well, let's let's just get through it. It's late. Yeah, it is. Whose fault is that? Uh, my my work. Fair enough. <laughs> Whose fault isn't it? Yours. Chiefly mine. <laughs> there are plenty of other things tonight that are my fault. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, so and it's something where when you whenever you have like a, a buddy movie about young younger guys, I'd say uh, twenty five or under. Uh-huh. Um, it including Superbad, by the way. There there almost always seems to be a a, a theme of. These friendships are not going to last. <laughs> um, you watch Itu Mama Tambien. Uh-huh. You watch Stand by Me, and even Superbad, where they do declare their their uh, love for their heterosexual love for each other at the end. Um, but but at the end, they're at, they're at other ends of the escalator. Yeah, yeah. One's one's going up, one's going down. Each one has their their girl, um, and so it's a it's a nice visual metaphor. And you really in that moment you feel like. This is not going to end poorly, but I think they are going to separate because they're mm-hmm. going different places for college and all that, and uh, and I don't think the the friendship is going to last, and that, and it happens enough in in uh, film where it's just it, you it's fascinating to you know you, you would you would believe that in life you're never going to be friends with someone that you were a kid with you know, <laughs> um, and there are se- and there are probably several other what was that. I don't have any friends from before high school. I have uh, probably about four, hmm. uh, and they were my uh, groomsmen at my wedding. All right, um, but uh, but yeah, it's I guess it is pretty rare. But and but which, I, I mean, people are such idiots when they're that young. How do you guys like look at each other? Like that is it's true. Like you know dirty secrets about. 
oh, you are so stupid. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm fascinated. It's like, oh, I really need to call my old friends and apologize just for the whole thing. <laughs> just for that whole debacle of me at that age. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... I remember, like, uh, I insisted on wearing that Kansas City Chiefs hat throughout the entirety of fourth grade. Did you really? I, I, that's an example. I, 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 I don't know that that's actually true. But oh, okay. it, it's something like that where it's like, oh, they know that about me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't smile for pictures because I thought I had a stupid looking smile. <laughs> and so you just get all these pictures of me with no smile because I thought it, it was. I, thankfully, it wasn't a function of me being like, I'm too cool to smile, uh-huh. you know. But it's just like, yeah. Now, now I still don't like my smile, by the way. Uh-huh. But uh, now I realize, yeah, I'm an adult. I have to make the effort. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 standing next to a woman who's smiling, and uh, this will take on a very different connotation <laughs> if I don't smile. Um, but uh, but yeah, that it, it is interesting that like there's always this bittersweet kind of kind of thing where it's like, yeah, they're these people, they're all going their separate way. Sandlot is another example. Uh-huh. Um, they're all going to go their separate ways, and yeah, maybe they'll talk to each other once a year or something like that, but nothing's going to happen, and probably someone's going to die in Vietnam. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's And it's kind of, it, it's almost laughable, because often these movies are, are, are dramas, but um, in the case of, you know, Stand By Me and Y Tu Mama Tambien, um, but uh, I don't know. There, it's If you are... If you're a guy, chances are you watch that and you and there's probably at least three people that jump into your head and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I've got the Internet. I should track them down. It's like you have nothing in common with them. Like you've had completely different life experiences since then. Mm-hmm. But those movies always they really tap into something as much as I am not a huge fan of Rob Reiner as a director. And I feel like Stand By Me is at times maybe a little pandering, um, oh. not not necessarily I, pandering, I dis- but I disagree. it's. And I'm a guy who did not see Stand By Me until a couple of years ago. Okay. Had, had never seen it. Okay. So coming at it as a cynical adult, yeah, I really like it. It's not as good as The Body, the story it's based on. Oh, okay. Fair which enough. Which is amazing. I guess what I do, one thing, you know what? One thing that I do like about it is that he does seem committed to the idea of seeing it from the point of view of someone that age. Mm-hmm. Like it actually does show the vomiting story. It's not him uh-huh. merely telling the story the, all the characters are of course visualizing it. Why would you not? Uh-huh. Uh, and so we are allowed to see it, uh-huh. you know? And so, uh, so I guess in that, in that choice, uh, I, I like it, but just his use of music is to evoke the time period and stuff where it's just like, there are other, I have to assume there are more than five songs, uh, during that, that period. Not that many more. <laughs> Uh, if you don't use the Beatles, there's you really only got like eight. Um, well, I mean, to take it seriously a little bit, I mean, before really before punk rock, not everyone was in a band. Like, not <laughs> seriously, there were fewer bands. Yeah, there were fewer rock and roll bands before punk rock sort of uh, democratized it a little bit. That's true. I guess I, I'm not as into rock and roll as I am other genres. Like well, there are a billion. People had ge- this this preconception that you had to be talented to play rock and roll. Oh, okay. And then the Thankfully Ramones got sh- up on stage and <laughs> just blew that preconception out of the water. Thankfully, we we've shaken that notion right off. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, yes, I was. I'm more a fan of jazz and blues, and there were a billion of those guys, <laughs> uh, and always have been, and probably, hopefully, always will be. Um. But. Uh, yeah, are there any uh, are there any other movies that you really wanted to 
to get to. I would say actually a, a, an example of I don't know. It's it's almost like an adult version of Super Bad or Stand by Me or something like that, which is Sideways, which mm-hmm. is these guys who it's almost like they their friendship is based on having not seen those movies, <laughs> where they're just attached to this idea of being friends, though they don't seem to have much in common. They don't seem to really enjoy each other's company that much. Yeah. But every once in a while, they'll get in like a fun adventure, and you can tell they're both kind of having fun with it. Uh-huh. But that's very much the minority. The most most of the time, they seem to judge each other and really dislike each other. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it's a buddy movie that is very funny while also being intensely uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're, we're, I'm sorry, I interrupted before I I threw it to you. No, and do you I have? Interrupted. Do you have any examples? Do you, like, do you have a guy like a? Do you have a Thomas Hayden Church, Paul Giamatti? I said I almost said, do you have a Thomas Hayden Church in your life? And that would have that would have been me accusing you of being the Paul Giamatti. We all know who I would be in that circumstance. Um, your your instinct was correct. Um, do I have a Thomas Hayden Church? Because um, I know I know I do, and I, it's not any disrespect to the guy, but I have a cousin that I was mm. really close with growing up, and we just like have have become very different people. Yeah. Uh, but when we get together, we can still hang out and talk even though we have almost nothing in common anymore uh you know what honestly i will i don't know don't know who listens to this (laughs) so i won't even speak in the broadest possible terms but uh i do have a friend that i that i uh, talk to maybe once a year Uh um we have such drastically different sensibilities that it's just like basically the (laughs) What what is left of our friendship is based on us ignoring what we no longer have in common, which is the vast majority of our <laughs> lives and philosophies. Um, but yeah, we managed to ignore it quite well yeah. and enjoy our enjoy our conversations yeah. when we have them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah kind of similar situation. I guess there's a reason Sideways is is uh, like that. Yeah. Um, so no, I got nothing else to get to. Yeah. Um, you can find us. On the internet at battleshipretention.com or on iTunes under Battleship Retention. Email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. And don't forget there's a donate button on the website. Two ways to donate. You can either sign up for $2 a month or do a, you know, a one-time fee of however the hell yeah. much you feel like. That's up to you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension or Tyler on Twitter at twitter.com slash morelessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com or in iTunes on a More Than One Lesson. And you can find me at my other podcast, Previously On, by searching for Previously On in iTunes. All right, okay. I totally uh, zone out every time <laughs> you go into that. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Happy 4th of July. Indeed. Right. Yeah. Um, sorry, this was more patriotic. We talked about the West Wing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, happy 4th of July and, uh, yeah, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.